Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Welcome, welcome everybody. We are so blessed that you're here. Hey, let's just give a big shout out to the praise and worship time. Man, what a blessing. Awesome. Incredible. Feel the presence of God. And I I know what you're thinking. Why why didn't we keep going and skip this part? But because God has a great word for you. I just want to let you know. But hey, coming up first Wednesday in February, we're going the whole service with Daniel Eric Groves. So come on out for extended praise and worship time. It's going to be powerful. The rest of you that didn't clap will enjoy it as well. Come on out. Trust me, it's going to be awesome. Daniel's one of our favorite guests and stuff, and we're definitely going to find a Sunday for him, but we wanted to bring him in on first Wednesday, so it's going to be a great time. Don't miss that. A lot of things going on here. You saw uh, some announcements there. I want to just remind you that when you came in, if you came in through the Gathering Place group link is going on, that's our community group sign up. In about two weeks, we'll start signing up for life groups. Community groups are nine to 12 month long groups, and that's what we feel is a great way to build a family, to to build relationship over a longer length of time that you can really connect and and invest in each other. And then life groups will start shortly thereafter, and those will be about eight to 12 weeks. And so it's a great time to get plugged in. And hopefully, uh, as you adjust your schedules, you can work yourself into a community group. But I just want to let you know, we're launching some new community groups. And so we have uh, a community group going out in San Marcos. We're expanding into San Marcos. Amen. That's awesome. We're expanding into Canyon Lake for everybody, all you lake lovers out there, right? And so when you look out there, Canyon Lake is the one that doesn't have the big sign because we have no idea where it is. But anyway, so there's a table at the end. It is the Canyon Lake table. So go make sure you check in with our leaders out there. And then a couple of new brothels and another uh, one in Cibolo shirts and with the other ones that we already have going on. So super excited about connecting everybody. Want to make sure you have a chance to get plugged in. And then I want to just thank everybody that participated on Monday in the Martin Luther King marches. We were involved in four of them around the area. And so let's just give a big shout out to everyone that had a chance to participate. Be involved, show our support, because we believe in diversity. We believe that. We love that expression here at Tree of Life. We believe diversity is heaven and heaven on earth here. So we're thankful for everyone that participated. We, we did in New Braunfels, San Antonio, uh, San Marcos, and Seguin. So just thank you for all those that could do that. And then as you know, we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Okay, yeah, all right. I know you're probably weak from fasting, so you couldn't shout, clap, raise your hands. But hang in there one more week. Let's finish strong. This is the beginning of our our third and final week, and we want you guys just to press in, press in. If you hadn't had a chance to start yet or jump in with us, do it now. Don't wait. Well, I guess I missed this one. I'll have to wait till next January. We do it in August before the fall season. But start right now. Start tomorrow. Get involved some way, some shape or form. You can go online and you can find our different prayer points for the days coming up. Prayer calendars on there. You can also find uh, tips for fasting. And I want to encourage you, whether it be a food item or something, uh, make sure you connect. You're, you're disconnecting from the world. You're, you're, you're getting your body and things into submission so you can hear what God's speaking to you. And then prayer, of course, connects you in a greater capacity to God. But listen, if you have a chance to come on out do it or, or join us online. But Monday through Friday, six to seven, we're here before you go to work, hopefully. But can I tell you, the sacrifice is worth it, and God honors that if you can come be with us this week. And then on Saturday, we'll finish up eight to nine. And listen, you never know what's going to happen. We had a great time of prayer, powerful time of prayer this Saturday. And so we had a lady that shared with me before church, before first service, that on Saturday she came for prayer, and she'd been having a lot of back problems. The sciatic nerve was ap- acting up in her back, and just a lot of pain for a while. 
And so just at some point in time during the prayer, we weren't praying for healing, we weren't praying for backs, we we're praying for the topic of that day. She just felt God just touched her and healed her. And she's had no pain, no problem. Amen. So, hey, come on, God's moving, working all the time. It's awesome. Here's what we take away from that. You know, when you give God time, he does stuff in you, right? When you're praying for other people, serving other people, loving other people, God takes care of your needs. And so I just want to encourage you to be a part of that. All right, let's get the word going. So Daniel 5, are you ready for the word? Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Daniel 5. And it's, uh, we're in a series. Uh, I don't have a lot of time. Don't want to review, but we're in a series um, called Uncompromised. How to live an uncompromised life in an ever-increasingly compromising world. Uh, living godly in an ungodly world. And we're looking in Daniel, and that's the proper place to look because Daniel's applicable to today because it's a group of godly young men that were pulled out of uh, their homeland, their godly culture, put in an ungodly culture. Uh, they were taking captivity, and they were walking out this uh, compromising scenario that the culture and world tried to get them to buy into it, follow them. They chose not to, and, and God moved and worked in their hearts and their lives in amazing ways. And so uh, Daniel is half a prophetic book. The last six uh, chapters are speak to the end times. The first six speak to uh, historical writings. And so there's great stories there. I think the whole thing is prophetic because if we look at our world today, we'll see the same kind of things happening that we are living in an ever increasingly ungodly world or getting further and further away from the things of God. And so some great truths to pull from here. We're going to pick our story up this morning in Daniel 5. And really, this may set you up for a second. This is really, um, this passage of scripture as we look in, really is, uh, it was a warning to the king at that day. God gave a warning to the king. And, and warnings just sound so hard, but, but, I, but I want you to hear what it speaks to you and I about today, helping us be aware of some things that we need to know uh, so we can live life in line with God's word and, and God's plan of purpose and, and not being compromising and living according to the world, to the culture. And so God's giving a warning here in a very unique, interesting way. And we'll find uh, some very powerful principles for today's living in this. And so let me start with Daniel 5, 1. King Belshazzar Another king at this point gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles uh, and, and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. Now he brought things, holy things from the temple, God's temple in Jerusalem, and he was uh, using him in an unholy, ungodly way, disrespecting the things of God, so that the king and his nobles, his wives and concubines might drink from them. And so they brought in the goblets uh, they had taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles and his wives and concubines drank from them. And as they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood and stone, gods of that day, gods of that culture. And suddenly the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale. He was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. I love the scripture. The king summoned the enchanters, astrologers, diviners, people of great wisdom of that day. And then he said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple, have a gold chain around their neck, and he'll be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Here's the king living it up with all his friends. He has a big party with a thousand people. And they're just living life, just rolling with life here. Not a care in the world, doing their thing, doing what they want. And all of a sudden, they, they, they see God shows up in a way with a big hand on the wall. I don't know what that looked like. It'd be actually pretty cool if you get to heaven. I don't know if you ever get to see those things, but I don't know if it's a giant hand in human form. I don't know if it had an arm to it. I don't know if it's like the Adams family kind of walked out of a box, the thing, right? I don't, 
I don't know what that looked like, but it definitely got everybody's attention. And God likes to not do things the same way. So he did it that way. And so he wrote a phrase on the wall, which was really a warning we're going to look at in just a second. But understand something, that what God was doing in the midst of their just living life the way they want, they were actually dishonoring God, actually dishonoring the things of God. And then all of a sudden, God shows up to warn them. Can I tell you, right there is a powerful lesson for you and I. You know, God has put amazing, wonderful gifts and abilities inside of each and every one of us. We are his creation. And he has put things inside of us to be used for his will, his plan, his purpose. And we need to be very careful if we use them outside of what God intended, outside of the things of God. And when we do, we get off track. God will give us a warning. God will let us know, hey, you're missing it. And let me just right here, and I'll do it throughout my message because it's so apt. Uh, applicable or powerful or appropriate, that that's one of the powers of community groups and life groups. You have other people help you know when you've gotten off track a little bit, because sometimes we don't know. But God will use people to help warn us. In this case, God's doing it in a different way, but God will work through people in that, in that sense to help you stay on track. And so it says, it goes on to say in verse 8, and you can read the story, it goes on to say that none of the wisdom of the world of that day could understand or interpret what God had written, to which I'd say, of course not. The world doesn't understand the things of God. And so that sounds so silly. It's like, give me a break. But how many times do we try and interpret God through the lens of the world? When it comes with his plan and purpose for our life or we'll go to other people. And why does creation go to creation and not the creator to understand or know why we were created? And so this is the same scenario that we see today in our own personal lives of the world today. The world in all its wisdom cannot understand or interpret the things of God. That's why God's creation needs to go to the creator and not the things of the world. God has amazing things for you. He's created you in a, a special, unique way for a specific purpose on the planet. Make sure you're pressing into him. Make sure you're leaning into him and finding out your purpose on, on this planet. And as much as the world would say it's this and this and this, or say you need to do this, or, or let me help you do this, and all those things, listen, you need to go to God first. Because God has a plan, because the world doesn't understand the things of God. The Bible says it cannot understand the things of God. And so some great truths here that we need to press into God and understand how he created us. Well, and, and let's go, let me start reading here in verse 13. So Daniel was brought before the king because his wife came in and said, listen, king, you're, why are you so pale? Listen, there's a guy here that served your dad that had this ability because of his God to interpret dreams and, and served your dad well. And a lot of wisdom came from him. Bring him out and let him interpret this. And so Daniel was brought before the king and the king said to him, are you Daniel, one of the exiles, my father? the king brought from Judah. I have heard that the spirit of God is in you and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. Thank God for the Holy Spirit, amen? The wise men and enchanters were brought before me to read this writing, tell me what it explains, but they could not explain it. Now I heard that you are able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple, have a gold chain placed around your neck, and you'll be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom, to which Daniel said, I don't want your money. I don't need your titles. I don't need your recognition. My God takes care of me. Can I hear an amen on that one? Come on. That's all right. My God's got it. So I just want to encourage you today, don't be so dependent on the world or the things of the world. Follow God, your creator. Do what he's created you to do. Use your gifts, talents, and abilities uh, to honor him, and God will take care of you. But he says, hey, king, I'm going to do this anyways, but not because you want to give me stuff. I don't need all that stuff, but let me interpret this. And, but Daniel says, before I interpret this, and you can read this, this story here in this gap, Daniel says, I just want to remind you of something, that I did this for your dad. 
Your dad, King Nebuchadnezzar, had me come interpret dreams for him, and I, I gave him wisdom and insight based on the Spirit of God revealing that to me, and it really served him well. And in fact, it, it made him kind of like, the, not the ruler of the world per se, but it made him very feared or well-known or well-respected king around the world. And then he, your dad kind of got a little arrogant and a little prideful, and God warned him not to do that, but to stay humble, and he didn't, and then all of a sudden, your dad, remember, he's like, remember, your dad then went insane. In fact, the scripture says for seven years, he lived as an animal, eating grass like the animals do. He's outside the palace grazing like the cows do, right? Like the sheep right there in the middle of the, of the herd right there. And he's like, and you know that well, because that was your dad. You saw your dad out there. You were embarrassed that your dad was out there. You knew he was out there acting like an animal. And now you're doing the same thing. Let's take a look in verse 22. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself. Though you knew all this, though you know what happened to your dad and you're living the same way and you're not making any adjustments, instead you've set yourself up, listen to this phrase, instead you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. Let me stop, let me stop for a second. I want us to really understand this point. So he's, he's living his life and in, in, in this particular story, he's dishonoring God or the things of God. He's not honoring God, the godly things brought from the temple He's using him in a way that he's using uh, uh, in a worldly way. He's compromising. He's worshiping the, the, the gods of that day, giving into culture. He's, he's using the things of God. And then the Bible says that because he wouldn't humble himself and honor God with the things, now he set himself up against God. And here's, here's, here's a place of caution for you. Understand something. God doesn't set himself up against you. But when you live a life, let's say intentionally or even unintentionally for a time, when you live a life in a way that you're not honoring God with what he's given you, what he's equipped you with, how he's created you, in fact, perhaps even intentionally dishonoring God or willingly dishonoring God, then you have walked out from underneath God's covering and you, whether you intended to or not, have set yourself up against God. But because God's a good, good father, that's who he is, he doesn't set himself up against you no matter what you do. So the words of wisdom would be, don't set yourself up against him. Don't do it. Honor God with who you are and what he's given you, with your resources, with how he's created you, with your gifts, talents, and abilities. Can I tell you, that's what I love, what just happened up here on the stage. They were honoring God with their gifts, talents, and abilities. And they helped us in honoring God, helped us all get to that place that we could honor God. But when you don't do that, when you make your own decisions outside the, outside the boundaries of God's word, when you know that is against God or that's dishonoring to God, then you have taken matters in your own hands and walked out and have set yourself against God. No, I would never do that. Well, I think the scripture is very clear on how that happens. But the good thing is when we realize it, recognize it, humble ourselves. Get back on track with the things of God. So he walks out there. He says, instead, you've set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You've had the goblets from his temple brought to you. And, you, and your nobles and your wives and your concubines drank wine from them. You praise the gods of silver and gold, bronze, ironwood. You've dishonored God. You've disrespected the things of God, the, things, the, the godly things. And it said, the gods of this world, which cannot see or hear or understand, it's impossible, but you did not honor the God who holds, listen to this, you did not honor with the things of God you had in your possession, the things of God. You did not honor God with those things. And he's the one who holds in his hand, your life and all your ways. Who are we trying to please here? Who, who are we trying to serve? Who are we trying to follow? Who are we trying to honor? Because this is very clear that God is, 
God has things that he's imparted in us that we need to use to honor him because he holds our life and all our ways in his hand. And so when we live life in a way that's not compromising but follows the, vic- the, the, the values and convictions of the word of God, then that's honoring to God. Then God says he will exalt us. But we need to stay humbled in that. And it's interesting to me that this story, I think, is really still applicable today in the world that we live in today because I think we still struggle with that. You know, uh, it talks about uh, in verse 20, 24. Did I just read 24? Let me go back there if we can. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. So God sends him a warning. We'll read it in just a moment. He sends him a warning. Can I tell you, God is speaking to us all the time because he doesn't want us to walk out from his covering. He doesn't want us because he loves us so much. He doesn't want us to set ourselves up against him and then to wrestle with the challenges that come from that. He doesn't want that for you and I. So he's warning us. And again, it could be through people. And that's why groups are so important through a message perhaps or or your own conviction of the Holy Spirit. And so he has on the wall, he writes a message. And so, you know, you've heard the phrase handwriting on the wall. People that don't even believe God exists know that phrase. And it's funny, they'll say it and it comes from scripture. That's where it comes from. Handwriting on the wall. It's a colloquialism. At first service, I really fumbled that one. I practiced it. I had an English teacher help me. Colloquialism, meaning it's a saying. <laughs> Why didn't you just say saying? I don't know. And uh, it's a saying that of imminent doom. There's a handwriting. You can see the handwriting on the wall from here. I'm just telling you, before you do that, we can already see the handwriting on the wall. Imminent doom. When God's warning comes to us to keep us out of harm. And so let's take a look, and here's what it says in verse 25, what this saying was. Let me, let, me, let me take a look at that here. It says this, this is the inscription that was written, mene, mene, tekel, parson. Mene, mene, tekel, parson. And so that was the inscription that all these wisdom of the world people came in to try and discern. And again, can I tell you, they were going to fail because they could not understand the things of God. What's interesting to me, even though when you break down the, the language origins of these words, you, eventually you can find some things, but the minds of the day that knew the languages of the day just couldn't interpret this. And again, I, I want to be very, very, very clear that you really need to press into God and hear of God for yourself. And God has your plan and purpose, holds your life in his hand. So let's take a look at what it means. So this gives us some our, our warning signs today. Let's take a look at the first one. Here's what the words mean. Mene. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. God has numbered your days. I think we need to be careful because sometimes we forget that our days are numbered. And that sounds kind of harsh. It's like, well, I just want to live. I want to roll with it. I want to live the good life. And I want to be carefree and fancy free. And I got plenty of time. And I want to do all this. And can I tell you, we only have a certain number of days on the planet. We don't know what it is. But let's be honest. The scripture says life is but a vapor. So in the scope of eternity, it's very quick and very short. So what this is saying is don't waste or squander the time that you have. He's at a party going on with a thousand friends and just living life as it is. And so God shows up to remind him, hey, listen, you're just wasting life. Life is short. There's a lot of things that you could do. Your days have an end to them. You have a set amount of time. And we need to recognize we have a set amount of time on this earth so we can live it properly. Just the other day, I don't know, a week ago or so, this really comes, uh, well, just really comes up strong in these moments, but we had uh, celebrating uh, a graduation of a beloved man here at Tree Life, went home to be with the Lord, graduated to heaven, just a good, good man. And sadly for a lot of us, it's in those moments that we contemplate our time on the planet. 
But what this warning, I believe, says to us, we need to regularly remind ourselves that, hey, life's but a vapor. What am I doing with my life? Am I wasting it? Because you don't get that time back. Am, am I wasting it? Or am I making the most of it? Am I doing what I was created to do? And we need not to forget that our days are numbered. But let me tell you again, your days are numbered. Hey, praise the Lord. I'm glad I came to church today. Thank you, Pastor Don. All right. I'm just here to encourage you. Your days are numbered. You have a date that it's going to end one day. So the warning, however, is don't worry about that day, but live to make the most of the days that you have. So we're living a limited amount of time. And let me tell you this, because anything you think that you have a lot of, you tend to squander. That's just human nature. Anything that you think you have a limited amount of, you use wisely, right? If we don't think we're going to get this back, we're going to use it. I don't, okay, hold on. I only got a little bit of that, so I'm going to use it well. You know what that's like? To me, an obvious example would be your finances. When, when things are tight, you use it wisely, right? I mean, for our family, when things are tight, we go out and, and my wife does the finances and we go out and we get ready to order. We all look at her and she says, water. <laughs> water. I can drink water at home. And so, but you know what? We save like $10, family four, come on, you save $10 drinking water, come on, you know. But when you got, you got, you know, you did something, something happens, it's not so tight, stuff like that, yeah, get sodas for everybody or tea or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, that's just truth, right? Just think about time when you think you, you got plenty of time, I got up early, I'm ready to go, I got plenty of time, and all of a sudden before you know it, where'd the time go when you're hustling to get where you're going to get and hoping that you're not late? It's like, it's that principle. It's like when we live our life thinking that we got all the time on the room, come on, I'm just 20, come on, I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm 50, whatever. Come on, we got plenty of time. You really don't. Not in the scope of eternity. So God's warning, I think the warning for us today is don't squander our life or our days. Hebrews says man is destined to die once and then face judgment. And again, that's not a refrigerator verse, but it's extremely important to hear the truth of that. And so from time to time, we need to be reminded because if we don't, whatever we think we have a lot of, we, we tend to squander. Okay, the next word in the next verse, verse 27 says this, tekel, tekel, however you want to pronounce it. You've been weighed in the scales and found wanting. Again, this is saying that a lot of us might know. You've been found wanting. You've been weighed on the scales and you've been found wanting. The way you spend your time and your life is being weighed and you have some things out of balance. Things aren't in balance in your life. Can I tell you, that probably speaks to, if not all of us, most of us in here. The way you spend your life, your time is being weighed. And after it's weighed, it's found wanting. It's just not adding up. And I think very few of us, if any of us can honestly say, we have things really in balance. Time with God, time with family, all those things. And so I think we all could make adjustments here on this warning. Uh, the truth is all of us should regularly look at our life and notice and understand when we've let some things get out of order. You know, my, my life was that just not that long ago. In fact, I came into the office on a Thursday and I just said, I said, I need some help. I, there's so many, there were so many church things that happened at one weekend. I had some personal things that we were working on at the same time. And, and they're so, they're there to help me all the time if I'll allow them to. And I just sat in the chair and said, okay, I'm overwhelmed right now. We just need to do some things. And they were like, great, we got it. We got this, we got this. We need to be honest and understand that sometimes things aren't adding up. It's okay to say no sometimes to some things. In fact, you can't say yes to everything. That's not wisdom. God, God, God didn't intend that. And, and let me say this. This is a large church and a growing church, and, and don't be offended at this, but I I've have to learn this. As much as I want to be involved in everything concerning everyone and that, I just can't. Sometimes I have to say no. But I'm thankful for a wonderful staff that can help do that. But sometimes, amen, and we have a great staff to do that. That's why you got to get in groups. 
That's why you got to get in groups. So don't get mad when you're calling the office trying to get me or one of the pastors or whatever. If you get in a community group, man, they're on the spot there that will help take care of you. That's church. That's family. And so that we have to keep things in balance. And so sometimes we have, you don't have to do everything that you're doing. It's like this American thing to see how many things we can cram in a day. How many things we can get in our schedule. And we allow our lives to get out of balance and we really aren't spinning them as we should. Uh, let's take a look at just some funny things to kind of light, lighten the mood a little bit in here. Let's take a look at the average American and how they spend time. I thought these were interesting statistics. The average American will eat out 14,411 times. And to which some of you said, that's all? <laughs> and here's a good indicator if you're at least there or more than that, when you tell the kids it's time for dinner and they go get in the car. <laughs> I was like, okay, hey, hey, where'd you go? Right at the table. Happened. Little interesting side note. The average American will eat at McDonald's 1,811 times, hence we have limited time on the earth. Okay, so uh, average American will spend 13 years, four months watching TV. I think they should take football season out of that equation. Okay. Spend five years waiting in line. Man, nobody likes that. Spend one year looking for misplaced items. Let's just, just be honest. Many of you, two years looking for your phone. And many of you, three years looking for your keys. Right. Average American will drive 627,000 miles. And if you calculate that out, 25 times around the world at this widest point. And I thought really maybe 26, 27, depending on some of you guys drive really fast. And so you might get, get a couple more laps in there. But the thing about it is, how are we spending our time? Because it's like, what's in balance? The question is, how should we spend it? If you're like the average American, we're trying to see, again, how much we can get in in a day. And I heard this saying, I think it's so awesome. If you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. <laughs> that, that was, there you go, take that one, okay. We need to listen to the warning. Maybe we don't need to say yes to everything because life is so short, we need to examine the busyness of our lives and ask if the things we're doing, do they even contribute to our purpose or not? Ecclesiastes 4.6 says this. Perhaps so, but it says this. But it is better to have only a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. And great wisdom. Which leads us to the third and final warning in verse 28. 5.28, Daniel 5.28. Parson, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Let me say this right away. That the Bible is historically accurate. I mean, it's just a book of story. People, it's just a book of stories. All that's just myths or fairy tales or whatever. Can I tell you, the Bible is a historical document. And if you study out history, you'll see that shortly after this time in the timeline of history, the Medes and the Persians took over the Babylonian Empire. It's just as Daniel predicted. It's amazing to me. You can trust the book. In fact, if you're looking at a map, Babylon is modern-day Iraq. And where the Peds and the, Peds and the Mersians, <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Medes and the Persians, where they live is modern day, <laughs> they live in modern day, that could have been really bad if I said it, okay, anyways, they live in modern day Iran, and so they did, they came over and took over just as uh, Daniel pr predicted. So what he's saying here is the warning to the king or what he's interpreting that God is saying to him is that if you do not understand that you're squandering your life if you do not realize that your life is out of balance here, then you'll find your life divided. 
you'll find your life divided. If you don't realize what's happening and get things in order, something's gonna get divided. It might be your marriage, it might be your family, it might be your relationships, it might be your job, it might be your health, it might be your finances, it might be your peace of mind. But if we don't get things in the proper order, what God's saying is, then the road that we're on is to that place of things in our life being divided. When we ignore the warning signs. See, the, the warning is, if we don't realize that our lives are numbered and, and we live it the way we should, or if we don't get our lives in order, then our lives can easily become divided. And I know that I didn't tell you anything that you don't really already know. I'm just reminding you, here's a warning in scripture that Daniel is interpreting for the king that I believe is appropriate today. And how do we know that? Well, we would say we know that from the, maybe a message like today or maybe the Holy Spirit, but can I tell you how we know that? That our lives are out of balance, out of order, how we're not using the way we should. You know that because of how you feel. Stress, fatigue. If you look at your life and see there's some things divided in there, maybe it might be your marriage, maybe by your kids, maybe you've got some things out of order. The warning signs are there. We just need to recognize them as such warning signs and then do what we can do to get things back in order. We need to make sure that our focus is where it needs to be. And those warning signs are there and we cannot ignore them, do not ignore them. So let's look at some symptoms. Here's some symptoms for us to look at just so we can examine our life to see where we're at. See if we're ignoring the warning signs. Let me give you the first symptom is this, the risk of sinful choices increases. If you have things, you're squandering your life or not living it the way that matters most. If your life is out of balance and things now are becoming divided, understand here's one of the symptoms that you need to be honest and look at your life. And that's why it's great to get in a group to help you see these things. Other people can help you. Uh, it's the risk of sinful choices increases. You've been tempted more lately and maybe even giving in some or compromising. Because here's what I know, the devil always waits for an opportune time to tempt you. He waits when you're distracted, he waits when you're tired, he waits when you're stressed, he waits when you're overwhelmed, and then he comes and brings the temptation. Why, because he knows when you're in that place you don't make good choices, nobody does. We don't make good choices when we're stressed out, stretched, wore out, overwhelmed, tired. Let me give you the next warning sign, this one, and first service, I needed to calm my wife and daughter down uh, for this one. My, um, my emotions are inconsistent. Your emotions are inconsistent. You can fly off the handle. One little thing sets you off. You're just out there. What happened? What in the world is that all about? And then you'll stand back and look, or your family will stand back and look and say, oh, that's not like you. And we just get, we blow up at things like, what is going on? Where did that come from? And can I tell you, as much as I, much as I do it, the people in the other car cannot hear me. <laughs> and so it's, we just lose it. And that's a sign that, you know, we're, we're ignoring some of the warning signs. Our emotions are inconsistent. The other side could be true. It's not just an anger thing or a bursting out like that. It might be some kind of emotional thing, a crying or whatever that could be, or shutting down. But we need to understand that those are symptoms. Let me give you another one. I am less productive. I'm less productive. Don't ignore God's principle of rest. Don't ignore the Sabbath. The Sabbath is there for a reason. It is there so you'll take some time to refresh and replenish your soul. That's why Sunday is so important. Listen, Sunday is not just an obligation 
of coming to church, some religious obligation, if you will, or maybe fulfilling some moral obligation, you don't feel guilty or whatever happened. Can I tell you the time like in a praise and worship time or setting or when God encourages us in the word, that's a refreshing to our soul. That's a replenishing. We need those times. The Sabbath then, we need to find times to go home. And I would encourage you, I know that we got things we've been waiting for the weekend to come or we're doing all that. Can I tell you, maybe sometimes you just don't fill up your Sunday afternoon calendar and you just enjoy each other. Go home and have a meal together. Have a meal together at the table <laughs> without your phone. My family and I, we went out the other night uh, to eat, the four of us, and um, drank water. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And so I was so proud at the end of the meal, I looked at my family and said, I didn't look at my phone once, not one time. And so then my wife looked at me and said, well, where is your phone? And I, in the car, <laughs> in the car. And I'd like to say I left it there intentionally, but that would be lying. <laughs> so we need to find those times to replenish, yeah, there we go, refresh and replenish our soul. Um, can I, let, me, let me say this. For those of you who uh, maybe haven't heard this or whatever, but we have reformatted our Wednesday nights where we have, the only service we have now on Wednesdays is the first Wednesday of the month. And I'm super excited about Daniel Eric Grove's this first Wednesday. In fact, you want to come and be refreshed and replenished, then you need, you need to be in that service. Um, but we knew that the greater benefit for people would be getting in groups, community groups, because they can help them see the warning signs. They can help them diagnose the symptoms, if you will. We need to connect relationally with each other, especially a church getting bigger. That's why the Bible says they met in the temple, the synagogue, and in homes. We need to connect that way. So we didn't want to add another thing on people's plates by in, in trying to encourage them to get in groups. We're, we're praying, we're hoping, we're believing, we're pleading for all of you to get connected in groups, but we knew that you only have so much time. And so we felt the greater blessing would be to have one Wednesday a month to come together for a time of refreshing and celebration and then encourage you to get in groups the rest of the time because we believe this principle is powerful. Can I tell you the Wednesday that, that we, the first Wednesday night that we did not have service in 30, almost 36 and a half years, I spent time with my wife and my kids. Can I tell you that's as spiritual as about coming to church and anything else you might do sometimes? And oh, if that's how you spend your Wednesday night, we'd love for you to do that. Get in a group and, or spend that time there with your family. So we need those Sabbath moments. I can't, and, and, here's the, and, and that's probably the most important one. Here's the last one, the last symptom. I can't hear God. People say, I can't hear God. I can't hear God when I'm that way, when I'm ignoring warning signs. People say, I need to hear God. Pastor Don, these 21 days, I need to hear him. I need some answers. I need God to speak to me. And can I tell you, he's always speaking to you. The question is, are you listening? God's not withholding stuff from you. He wants your best. He's speaking to you all the time. But the problem is sometimes we haven't positioned ourselves to hear him. We haven't cut out all the other noise. We haven't cut out all the other voices and position ourselves. That's why 21 days of prayer and fasting. Listen, we don't do 21 days of prayer and fasting in January so we can ask God to speak to us. And so we can position ourselves to hear what he's already speaking. God, I need you to speak to me for 2018. Now it's like, God, I need to hear for 2018. So it's important to make those times available. It's, it's what we need to do. We need to engage in that capacity. Psalms 46.10 says this, be still and know that I am God. You need those moments. Be still and know that I am God. Turn social media off sometimes. I don't know if you're like me, but on my nightstand, I have my, my phone on my nightstand. It charges right there. And 
I do it because it's an emergency or whatever, but my tendency is the first thing I do when I wake up is I unplug my phone, put up my hand, and then I go, on, I go into the bathroom or my office or whatever, and first thing I want to do is check social media. Don't look at me like I'm the only one. Come on, come on. I, God told me I wasn't. <laughs> so, that's the same thing. Can I tell you the first thing we need to check in is check in with God. Take that moment. Take 15 minutes. Don't even pick up your phone. That's what I'm, I'm going to try and do. Don't even pick up my phone for 15 minutes. I just want to spend time with God. And then you can go and get the social media if you'd like there. But Belshazzar did not listen. He did not listen to the warnings. Take a look in five, Daniel 5, 29. It says this. Then Belshazzar's command, then at Belshazzar's command, rather, Daniel was clothed in purple, gold chain around his neck, proclaimed third highest ruler in the kingdom. He didn't care. That very night, he did not heed the warnings. That very night, King Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain. 31, verse, next verse, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at age 62, just as God predicted. So what can we learn? How can we live uncompromising? Let me give you three things real quick, and thank you for letting me go over a little bit. Number one, live with a sense of purpose and urgency. Listen, you matter. You matter to God. You matter to us. Your life matters. We need, you need, God needs your life to be lived with the significance he imparted in you, the value he placed on you, the gifts and abilities he equipped you with. Your life matters. What we have to understand is because we get so caught up in our problems is because we forget we have a purpose greater than our problems. And maybe our problems will diminish if we put our eyes and more focus on our purpose and make that greater and then we'll see our problems diminish. That's one of the reasons why we have a growth track. You'll hear that in a few weeks, growth track coming up. It helps you discover and live out your life with purpose. Psalms 39, four through five, New Living Translation. Lord, remind me, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life will be. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Remind me, we need to remember that our life really is short. So let's live with a sense of purpose and urgency. That number two, we need to put first things first. First things first. Get things in order. Look at the order of things in your life. What are you putting first? Where are you spending the most of your money or what are you giving money to first? What are you living for first? What are you spending time with? What are you talking about? Look at the order of things in your life. I heard this said, I think this is such a powerful statement. Order determines capacity. When things are in proper order, you can accomplish more. When things are in the proper godly order, you can accomplish more, accomplish more supernaturally than you ever could naturally. But God works in you and through you when things are in order. So put things first, put God first in everything. Put them first in your finances, put them first in your day, how you spend your day, put them first in your relationships, put them first in your job and what you do. That's why 21 days of prayer and fasting happens in January. We believe by giving God the first, it puts the rest of our year in the proper order. That's why Sunday, the first day of the week, it's important to come and connect because it puts the rest of your week in order. That's why you should put the first part of your day, I believe, get up a few minutes early, give God a few minutes in the morning to put the rest of your day in order. That's why we believe here at Tree of Life and my wife live by this conviction we give God our first fruits. We give him the first because it puts our finances in order. First things first, Matthew 6, says it this way, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then all these other things he will provide. 
Uh, my wife and I, we have uh, just recently, we've been for a, a while, for about a year, we've been praying, believing, saving, seeking, ready to move and, and sell our home and then uh, purchase a home. Just that season of life and we were ready to do that and we've been planning that for a while. And so we finally found all that. It all came through and God just totally blessed us. And so we closed on a house last Thursday. And so now, thank, now the moving begins. Thank you. Thank you. It was a blessing. Sure. It was a blessing for sure. And now the moving begins. No one's clapping for that, right? Okay. Okay. All right. And so here's what I know. I'm not, not the best mover in the world. In fact, I do not like it at all. But you got to do what you got to do. So anyways, I know this much that I know when I have the moving truck there, I don't put the shoebox first. You put the big things first, right? If you start with the small things and you start working out, then you don't have room for the big things. So put the big things first. God, family, marriage. It creates greater capacity in your life. But when we seek all the other things out of order, it limits it, believe it or not. It is true. Okay, here, last one. Do it now. Here's, part, here's number three. Do it now. Do it. Don't wait till tomorrow. Well, I guess it's, we're already halfway, almost the end of January. I got to wait till next year. No, do it now. February 1st is coming up. Wait till the first of the month. No, do it now. Make the adjustment right now. I, if King Belshazzar would have made the adjustment right then, he wouldn't have lost his life. Make the adjustment right now. When you look at the warning signs in your life, you look at the symptoms and they reveal things to you, make the adjustment now. Make the adjustment with God right now and then do what you need to do in the natural. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says this, Good News Bible says, listen, this is the hour to receive God's favor. Today is the day to be saved. God's favor is yours today. Salvation is yours today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till February 1. You don't have to wait till January 1 of 2019. You can walk out of here today with an adjustment with God and start fresh and start new. But you gotta be honest with yourself about the warnings, the symptoms. Again, it's easy for us to be caught up in the culture of the day and find ourselves even unintentionally compromising. It's easy. That's why we need people in our life. I'll make another plug for the groups, etc. Sometimes we just don't see it. Sometimes we don't, need, we don't know how to interpret the symptoms we need other people in our life that can help us do that. But listen, now it's been revealed to you. My prayer, my heart, my hope is that the Holy Spirit's been revealing things. And even if you have discussion beyond today about this, those things we'll, you'll realize so we can make the adjustment and not squander our life. Because life is short. We have so much to do to reach people for Jesus. And then we'll make sure that we're working on getting things in, in balance, get, get things in a proper, a proper order so life is not so stressful and crazy and overwhelming. Just get things, maybe a couple of adjustments, maybe no to a few things and yes to some things. When you know your purpose in life, you know what to say no to and what to say yes to. And then, and in doing that, we'll find more unity in our life and less division when we get things in order. And that's the warning from Daniel, and I believe very, very appropriate for today. So let me pray. Every head bowed, every head closed. Father, we thank you. First of all, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to each and every one of us and reveals the things in our life, Father God, that perhaps are not in proper order, perhaps are out of balance. Maybe things that we're doing that are squandering our life and, and not doing what we should be doing. Maybe there's things, Father God, that we're not honoring you with that we should, and, and therefore we've set ourselves up against you not even wanting to or intentionally, but we find ourselves there. I pray, Father God, if we find places in our heart and our life because of those other things that we find division happening, maybe it seems like there's 
maybe even subtly, a, a slow separation in our family. Maybe it's from our spouse, and seemingly more and more distant. Maybe it's from our, our children. Maybe it's something, Father God, a job, a relationship, whatever that might be, Father. I thank you for the Holy Spirit as we listen because you're speaking, because you're warning, because you don't want bad for us. You want us to make the adjustments. You want us to come to that place of surrender. And may we be willing and courageous enough to do that. Maybe, Father, you'll work through the people in our lives. And I pray, Lord, those groups or whatever that we're involved in, Father, that they, they will be able to speak in our life as much as we'll be able to speak into their life. And again, may we be courageous enough to make the adjustment. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.